Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Everybody, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Well, today I have an episode for you, Season 1, Episode 2, entitled Spring Sting. Of course, the title gives it away. Mike is going to a Spring Sting concert. This episode aired on October 1st, 1985. The episode description, courtesy of IMDb. Mike is mercilessly teased by his friends after he and Jason attend a Bruce Springsteen concert and a TV interviewer captures Jason's overzealous show of affection for his son. Uh, I mean, teenagers already don't want to hang with their parents, and the idea of your parent playing kissy face with you on live TV would scare any any teenager. Like, I'm going to go hide under a rock. Uh, we have some trivia here. This is, in fact, the first appearance of Mike's friends, Boner, played by the late Andrew Koenig, and Eddie, played by Casey Martel, who they both will have reoccurring roles in the series. I believe, is it season six, I think, that five or six, that Andrew Koenig, um, his character joins the army, and I guess that's the last you see of him on the show, and then Casey Martell, who plays Eddie, will pretty much be the one remaining friend for Mike. I don't think we get any other friends for Mike other than those two main recurring ones. Uh, yeah, the title refers to The Boss, rock singer Bruce Springsteen. Now, I remember the song Born in the USA. I remember that clearly because I used to sing that when I was on, uh, the tire swings at the park when I was a kid. I, I remember that day clearly. Um, because <laughs> it's one of the few memories I remember when my mom was there. And it was a nice, either it was summer or spring, and uh, my mom and my sister were making Kool-Aid. And I guess my sister said how... Oh, no, my cousin who was there, who was like a year or so older than me, mentioned he remembered that and how my mom would always put too much sugar into the Kool-Aid. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I do believe that these episodes are available if you have the Amazon Prime membership. So you can watch them. As I go along with the episodes, as I've said before, I'm not doing every single episode, but um, I'm going to kind of go episodes here and there throughout season one and then move on to season two and so on and so forth. And I have decided this is going to be a weekly podcast because 
I have a lot of episodes chosen that I want to go through. This episode was directed by John Pasquin, writers Neil Marlins, and who's the creator, and written by David Kendall. Let's see if David Kendall wrote how many episodes. Oh, it looks like he produced. Let's see. Filmography. Writer. Uh, here we go. Oh, he wrote an uh, episode for just a ten. He wrote 32 episodes. Season 1, he wrote Springsteen, Slice of Life 2, and Reputation. That's the thing. Season 1 has two episodes titled Slice of Life. However, the second one is titled Slice of Life 2. It's like, come on. You couldn't have come up with something else. Season 2, Fast Times at Dewey High, which I already did that back in September for the first day of school. Uh, season two, episode three, Long Day's Journey into the Night, 14, Thank You, Willie Nelson, and 21, The Long Goodbye, and just other episodes through three, season three, four, five, and six. So it looks like he dropped off before, oh, he wrote Birth of a Seaver, where we get to meet baby Chrissy. Cool. That's great. Um, other than that, there really aren't a lot of, uh, other than the meeting Boner and Eddie for the first time, that's about the, all the trivia we have. Uh, this episode aired on, which I've already said, October 1st, 1985. It was rated 7.5 out of 10 based on 61 ratings. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, I've never seen Springsteen in concert. I did try to Google if I could see if they, he actually played around the New York area for that tour in 85. I didn't see anything there, and I certainly couldn't find what ticket prices for a concert back in 85 were. So, but let's get into this episode. If you want to follow along with the podcast, you can do so at Growing Pains Pod, or the podcast, on Instagram and on Facebook. Together we're going to, see, I do too many podcasts. At Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. You can follow along with the podcast and find out about upcoming episodes. And this thing is making some noise. That's a problem with these discs. You know, I got them off of eBay. I believe they were new, but it's like taking its sweet time to load. Like it has to think, the disc has to think about it. So we don't get any cold opens yet. I'm guessing that doesn't start till maybe season two, if I remember correctly. And I can't wait till they actually get to season two when we get a proper, like, theme song opening. I mean, the song's alright, but the whole paintings of families through history and pictures of families through history and stuff, it's like, uh, with the cat names of the, the cast coming up, like, no, I would rather have the pictures of the kids growing up and stuff. You know, actual of their pictures. So we open up the episode, and it's breakfast time. We got Jason and Carol's sitting on a stool by the side of the island. Jason's sitting in front of the island reading the paper. I'm guessing Carol's got a cal- is that a calculator? It looks like it could be a calculator. She's probably doing, you know, uh, figures for school or something. So the phone rings and Carol goes to pick up the phone. We see Mike rolling in on a skateboard. He's like, all right, this is it. My Springsteen tickets are here. I'm guessing he's got a... <clears throat> Excuse me, he's got to end with a friend or something that's going to score him tickets for a price. So I'm going to play this clip. This is it, my Springsteen tickets. Hello. <laughs> when do the outgrow skateboards? When 
you buy them a Camaro. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Gonna see Springsteen, <laughs> huh? Yep, tomorrow night. It's gonna be awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, the boss. Wait, wait, I thought the Springsteen concert was sold out. Sold out? Carol, to a man with connections, nothing is ever sold out. That just happened to be Seth Jameson, nephew of the man whose brother-in-law owns the hot dog concession at the Coliseum. Wow. So did you get tickets? Did I get tickets? <laughs> of course I got tickets. You did? To Springsteen? Well, no. The ice capades. <laughs> but I got very good seats. And two free hot dogs. So Mike grabs the phone from Carol, he plops himself down on a chair right by the phone, and we see Maggie with... She's got a plant obsession or something, she's got two potted plants, one in each hand, and then she's got a little beret of little plants ready to go, because they do have a little mini greenhouse right by the side of that door there. And Maggie kind of looks at Jason like... When do they outgrow skateboards? And Jason's like, well, when you buy them a Camaro. <laughs> so Mike, we see him on the phone. He does look a smidge on the disappointed side. Like, he's got connections. He's waiting for someone to give him a yes. Like, hey, I got the tickets for you. And, and he kind of plays it off like, hey, yeah, tomorrow night, Springsteen. And then he's got a red baseball hat in the back pocket i'm guessing that's to symbolize isn't there an album cover where you get a cover that you get a shot of bruce Springsteen's ass in those tight jeans with that wait i thought is it is it the i'm gonna look hold on i want to check something out real quick i'll be right back okay guys i apologize i looked it up it's george michael singing that song faith where he's shaking his ass in those jeans and guitar and everything okay i got them confused so Jason's like, yeah, you're going to see Springsteen, eh? And Mike's like, oh, yeah, tomorrow night. Ugh. And he calls, I guess what the nickname of Bruce Springsteen is, The Boss. And Mike does a air guitar solo of The Boss. And I don't know what song he's impersonating there, but you heard in the clip. But Jason's like, like, they're, they're really um, encouraging Mike and everything. And Carol, of course, has to be uh, the wet blanket. Like, oh, you got tickets uh, to a sold-out Bruce Springsteen concert? And Mike's like, really? Did I get tickets? Of course I got tickets. And she looks at him like, you got tickets to a Springsteen concert that's sold out? And Mike's like, well, uh, well, not I did get tickets, just not to Springsteen. It was to the ice capades at the Coliseum with two complimentary hot dogs. Because I guess Mike knows a guy who's got an uncle or something that were, that were, runs a hot dog vendor. So, like, okay. I guess Mike's still waiting for that call for the Springsteen tickets if he knows a guy who actually can get them for him. And I love Mike here how he says, Carol, to a man with connections, nothing is ever sold out. Well, 
I love how Carol goes over to Mike, swings her arm around his shoulders, like, ooh, talk about connections. Are those all beef hot dogs? And Maggie's like, Carol, please, will you leave your brother alone and let him wallow in his pity of not getting tickets? So Maggie at least was like, Mike, I'm sorry you couldn't get tickets. You must be really bummed out. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I still got a couple other things on the line. I'm just waiting to see if they're going to come through or not. I will get the tickets. It's going to be great. So I love that Mike's got confidence that he hasn't completely thrown in the towel just yet. And this is 85. I mean, Springsteen was a big freaking deal back in the day. So the phone rings again. Mike's excited. He grabs it. He's like, all right. All right, talk to me. Got the tickets. And we see Mike smile, deflate, and it looks like it's a no-go. And Maggie and Jason are kind of watching Mike on the phone. Like, oh, man, they they feel bad for him. And Jason's like, well, no dice. And Mike's like, well... Jerry was sure that he'd be able to get tickets from his friend Cheech. Now, if memory serves, in the pilot episode, Mike was hanging around with a guy named Jerry Delish. So I'm to wonder, and I'm surprised Jason didn't bring this up. Jerry as in Jerry Delish, the guy I don't want you hanging around with. That Jerry? But anyway, now they're like making a big deal of this guy's name who's uh, named Cheech. Which I guess Cheech does get brung up in season two. We never, I don't think we ever see this guy Cheech. But we do see this Jerry Delish again later on, played by a different actor who also is going by a different name. But more on that later. Dang, Mike, do you have any friends that don't have a record? Because he says, oh, well, Cheech's parole officer didn't think it would be a good idea for him to scalp tickets so close to his trial date. Oh, my goodness. Well, at least the guy, I guess, had some good judgment that he didn't decide to scalp tickets. Like, for heaven's sake, Mike! Well, he's got Eddie and Boner, who we're going to meet in this episode. At least none of them have a criminal record. So I'm going to play this clip as Mike calls one other person his last shot. It might go down the drain. Let's find out. That's all right. I still got one more shot. wants Mike to give him in order to get tickets for Springsteen. Mike even offers up his jacket, which Jason tells us, the audience, that Mike 
had a paper out for two years. He saved up money for this jacket, which we do see, I believe, in this episode and other episodes. And, um, I mean, it's not like Kevin Arnold's Jets jacket where it had that for three seasons. But, um, anyway, I guess this Jimmy guy wanted a date from Jerry's sister, Trixie, who's apparently 11. And Mike's like, well, I said no, because you heard Mike on the phone say, I, I can't even ask Jerry that. It's like, that's pedophilic on so many levels. Just plain and simple pedophilia. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Um, but, yeah, Mike's last chance went down the drain. I hope that Jason's got an idea, because we know... From this episode, he does get tickets somehow, even though they're sold out. But then again, Jason's a psychiatrist. He's probably got his own connections. He's got some loopholes in there that he can he can reach in and, and get something going. So Jason kind of asked Mike, like, Mike, you really don't want to part with that jacket, do you? And he's like, well, no, but what are the odds that, I mean... Bruce Springsteen is playing 10 miles from my house. You think I want to miss that? I mean, when is this ever going to happen again? I mean, like I said, Bruce Springsteen was a big deal in the fact that, you know, he's playing in a town that's literally 10 miles from Mike's house. And, I mean, if you really want something that bad enough, you'll do what you have to do. I mean, legally do what you have to do to try to get tickets. Now, I'd only been to a few concerts in my life. I saw Hanson twice. Uh, the last time I got, I won a meet and greet, which was really awesome. And then I did see Josh Groban in concert twice. Once in 2007? Six, 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 what? 2006? Now I'm blanking. It was, it was in February. It, it must have been... Yeah, it was 07! Yeah, because I was working at Blockbuster at the time, and my manager also liked Josh Groban, so she went to that concert um, as well. And the Hanson one was, what, 2010, and then 2011 is when I won the meet and greet. And it was really funny, because I was on my break, and this is back when I had my uh, BlackBerry phone, and I was going through my emails just sitting there, and I get an email saying, congratulations, you won a meet and greet. And I'm like, ah! And, and my manager, I think one of the higher-up guys had come in there, and he's like, what, what, what happened? I'm like, I want to meet and greet. And they're like, okay, great, congrats. <laughs> so apparently this Jimmy guy is going around to people saying, what can you give me for these supposed Springsteen tickets? And um, Mike answer, uh, answers the phone, the phone rings, and he's like, all right, here it is. I'm going to get my tickets, and... Apparently, somebody offered the guy a house. Are you... Uh, I'm sure it was a vacant house. Oh, it was just for a weekend. Okay, I was gonna say, dang! And Mike's like, you know, you know, unfortunately, it's still out of our league. But then he starts, like, ruminating and think about it. And they're Maggie and Jason look at Mike like, do not, do not go there, son. We are not gonna give our house away for a weekend. So, defeated, Mike gets up out of the chair and starts to go towards the living room. While he's in the doorway, Jason kind of calls to him, like, Hey, Mike, at least you still got your jacket. And 
Mike's depressed. He's like, who cares? It smells like a dead cow. Like, ugh. Oh, no, we get Ben. We haven't seen him for a, a hot second here. As he runs into the live, uh, the kitchen, he's like, Mom, Mom, I saw a mouse this big. As he holds his arms out, indicating this mouse is at least four feet long. I'm calling bullshit. But then again, kids, we like to exaggerate when we're young. We're like, oh, I saw a mouse. It was like five feet tall. <laughs> so this is going to be... Plot B is the whole thing with Ben and Carol and this mouse. Carol doesn't want to kill it. She wants to save it. She thinks it's cruel. Like, don't kill the mouse. So I'm going to play. Ben is just so cute and adorable. mice escapade here and the fact that she doesn't know like oh mom what are you gonna do with the mouse traps what the fuck do you think she's gonna do with it carol the mouse trap's gonna kill the mouse like oh that's not gonna kill it yes it will i know that's great carol you want to save an animal save the manatees save the whales mice and then he brings up a good point yeah these are the same creatures that you know brought the plague in Europe or whatever. And Carol's like, oh, that was a long time ago. How long are you going to hold a grudge? Carol, mice carry diseases. Not to mention they will chew up your wiring. You don't want that. Think sensible. She's not thinking sensibly right now. There are so many other causes in this world that you could fight for. A little mouse? Come on. What if it bit you? Okay, what if the mouse bit you and you got sick and you died? You would probably be having very different thoughts. Although Ben here, he's hungry. He's thirsty for that, uh, that bloodlust, apparently. <laughs> so Maggie heads into the living room. Mike is depressed. He's laying on the couch with a pillow over his head. Trying to shut out the world, block out, you know, the fact that he doesn't have Springsteen tickets. And very, very rarely do we get it. It normally comes from Maggie. She will call Mike Michael. And I'm going to play this clip as she does her best to try to cheer him up. As she, I don't want to hear it, Mom. Give me one good reason to go on living. Oh, poor guy. I'm sure everyone's been there where they wanted to get tickets for a concert and it was sold out. Ugh. Although I honestly think my concert going days are kind of done. Jeremy's actually going to a Metallica concert coming up. So 
I'm not going to that. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Metallica. I, I mean, Jeremy and I, are, our music tastes are as different as night and day. I mean, we do like similar music, but when it comes to, like, Metallica, Rob Zombie, Stone Temple Pilots, Eminem, stuff like that, I'm, I'm not into that. Weird Al, I, I like Weird Al, but here's the clip. Hopefully Maggie can kind of bring Mike out of his doldrums. to go on Living Mom, and Maggie mentions the Solid Gold Dancers. So I found this in 19, uh, <laughs> IMDb, Solid Gold 1989, 1988, originally premiered as Solid Gold 79, a two-hour special in January 1980. Due to high ratings, it became a weekly series in September of 1980. Wow. Um, there's another trivia here, something to do with Andy Gibb. During his tenure on the show, Andy Gibb was abusing drugs heavily, he was often late for taping, and sometimes he didn't show up at all. A former writer once joked that two shows had to be prepared each week. One if Andy showed up, and one if he didn't. Well, that sucks. You know, you try to depend. Now I'm kind of wondering... Because Andy Gibb was in two episodes of Punky Brewster. Once in season... I think they were both in season one now that I think about it. But that kind of makes me wonder if even then at that time, was he still abusing drugs? I don't know, but... Anyway, back to Growing Pains. Um... Mike just kind of sits up, and he's like, oh, at least you're not Dad, because Dad would, like, try to tell me to have a better perspective on life, and, like, hey, when I say stuff like, when I was your age, I had it rough, and believe me, people had it a lot rougher. I love how Mike's got such a good, he's got his dad's impersonation down to a science here. He's like, I know what Dad would say, and this and that, and it's just, just, just and I love how Maggie, Maggie kind of, like, smiles at that, like, yeah, that's your dad, all right. As Jason comes in the door. So Jason, I guess, went for an ice cream cone by himself. Okay, cool. You need to get out, get yourself some ice cream. How about the kids and wife? Uh, that, that's great. Uh, he looks at Maggie. She's got that bag of mice wraps in her hand. He's like, we have mice? And she's like, yes. And if I'm not back... In two hours, and she kisses him full on the lips, like, if I don't see you again, this is my kiss goodbye to you. Oh, she says, if I'm not back, call a cat. 
So as soon as Maggie dashes upstairs with the mouse traps, Jason starts in on his Mike, 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 and we see Mike roll his eyes like he's heard it. All these kids have been well rehearsed in hearing what their dad has to say as far as advice. They know it down to a T. They know him that well because, you know, he's a psychiatrist. Of course, he's always going to give out advice. And a lot of the times, it always starts out the same way. Mike, Mike, Mike. Carol, Carol, Carol. Ben, Ben, Ben. I don't know if he did that with Chrissy. So Jason's trying to be sympathetic. Like, Mike, I know what you're going through. You know, I was there. I've actually seen Springsteen in concert. Like, oh my god. Because Jason's like, oh, I didn't want to bring it up earlier, but I've seen him. Jason, why are you doing this to Mike? You're torturing him. He doesn't want to hear that you saw Springsteen in concert after he couldn't get tickets. That's like kicking him while he's down. But I am going to play this clip because Jason actually does have a surprise for Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> Still feeling pretty low, huh, pal? Yeah, I'm feeling fine. Let's just drop it, okay? Ah, come on, come on. I know what you're going through. Yeah, sure, Dad. No, I do. I really do. You know, I, I didn't want to bring it up this morning and depress you, but I have seen Springsteen in concert. You have? Mm-hmm. Ten years ago? Really? What was it like? Amazing. <laughs> I mean, the guy completely blows your doors off. God, I don't want to hear this. He made me feel so Please, free. Dad. I could have just walked out of that concert and hitchhiked right across country. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> Mike, if you had one wish right now, one thing, what would it be? Dad, I'm really not in the mood for this. Come on, Mike. Come on, come on, come on. I mean, if you had one thing that would make you the happiest guy in the world, what would it be? A solid gold dancer. <laughs> All right, two wishes. Brought home tickets to the Springsteen concert. Well, would the uh, seventh row be all right? Come on, Dad, don't, don't toy with my emotions. <laughs> Huntington dry cleaning. Three shirts, clean breasts, no starch. Thanks, Dad, that was my third wish. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, wrong pocket. How about these? Dad, do you know what these are? These are Springsteen tickets. Really? I can't believe it. How'd you get them? Well, Mike, your mom and I made a big decision. We could either afford to send you to college or we could get those tickets. What do you think? I think you made the right choice. <laughs> I can't believe it. Two tickets to Springsteen. I wouldn't like all Jerry. He's a freak. Hey, wait a minute. Show some compassion. Oh, hey, when Jerry finds out we're going, it's going to kill him. So Jason goes on and on about um, he saw Springsteen in concert 10 years ago and just the impact that the concert had on him that he was so pumped up that he wanted to hitchhike after he got out of that concert. And and Mike is just like writhing in agony like, Dad, please stop. Oh, I can't take it anymore. And 
Mike finally gets up just to go to his room. I, I can't hear this anymore. And Jason asks, if you had one wish, what would it be? And Mike kind of jokes, I'm like, well, uh, a solid gold dancer. And Jason's like, come on, be serious. If you had one wish, what would it be? And Mike's like, well, to go to the concert. Front row tickets to the concert. And Jason pulls out of his right pocket a piece of paper. At first I thought it was like a receipt for the tickets, but then Mike's reading off like a dry cleaning bill receipt. And then he's like, thanks, Dad, that was my third wish. As he starts to go up the stairs, Jason kind of calls him back, like, hey, 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 come back here. Um, here, that was the wrong pocket. And he pulls out the envelope, hands it to Mike, as he says, well, would you settle for seventh row? And Mike is like, oh, my God, Dad, this is amazing. These are Springsteen tickets. And um, Mike is just jazzed, like, well, how did you even get these? I thought, you know, the concert sold out. And Jason reveals that he and Maggie sat down and talked and said, well, what could we do? We could either send Mike to college or we could give him these tickets. Because those things, if Jason saw Springsteen like 10 years ago, so that in 75, um, then he's got to be Mondo-ass big in 85. I mean, I was only, I was three at that point, so I don't think I was singing Bruce Springsteen's praises just yet. Um, but those tickets have got to be expensive as fuck. Um, Mike's ecstatic. He jumps on the phone. He wants to call Jerry. Like, oh my gosh, he's gonna freak. And then Jason drops a bomb on Mike. Like, oh yeah, well we don't want to rub it in, buddy, when Jerry finds out we're going to the concert. Emphasis on we, as in you and I, Jason goes over to the armoire that is got the, or the cabinet that's got the stereo and he starts playing music and Mike, Mike is a little semi-deflated here. He was jazzed for a second and I had the idea, like, you know, Mike thought, hey, two tickets, I'll take me and a friend. And... Jason, the idea that him going with his dad just, he's 15, he's not going to want to go with his dad. I mean, even now today, would a teenager want to go with their parent to a concert? Well, I guess that depends on the relationship you have with your parent. If you are a teenager that isn't easily embarrassed by your parent and, and you don't, you're not at that age where you think your parent is like, oh, you don't understand me, you embarrass me, go away kind of thing, then cool. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this was back in the 80s. Kids probably really didn't want to do things, especially go to a, a concert with their parents. They would rather go with, like, a group of their friends or something like that. So, Jason pretty much calls Mike out. Like, hey, Mike, you don't uh, mind going to the concert with your old man. Is he, he? Jason's still got that little bit of ice cream cone. He's still holding on to it as he flaps down on the couch and Mike's trying to play it cool. Like, oh, no, no, of course not. I mean, I don't mind. I'm guessing that Jason is really trying to suss Mike out here. Like, he's baiting him, getting him to admit, like, he'd rather go with his friends. Like, are you sure you wouldn't rather go with one of your buddies? And Mike's like, oh, no, Dan, I mean, come on, this is great. As Mike's got himself kind of propped on the arm of the couch. Like, yeah. And the enthusiasm there is gone. It is absolutely gone. 
right. Hey, Mike, you don't really mind going to the concert with your old man. No, no. Sure. Yeah, Dad, this is going to be great. I mean, you don't want to take one of your buddies. No. You want to take Jerry? No. Peggy Zielinski? No. No, Dad, I, I want to go with you, really. Well, all right, then let's call Jerry and rub it in. <laughs> Just kidding. So Mike's like, yeah, no, Dad, I want to go with you, all right? And then, of course, Jason's like, well, let's call Jerry and rub it in as he grabs a phone. And Mike is just like, Dad, no, 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 don't do not do that, please. So now we get to school here, and uh, Mike's got his books. Is this? No, it's not this part. Okay. We got, so clearly Dewey High is not the end-all, be-all best school in the world. Because we see we got graffiti Something, uh, one of the locksers has spray-painted Kaz, K-A-Z. One says Rat. I don't, I know that, I thought Rat is like a metal group, right? Um, Mike's locker is 74, so let's keep that number in mind and see if that number changes from time to time. Because I think occasionally we do see Mike at a locker when he's at school every once in a while. All right, here we go. We meet Eddie and Boner as Eddie is complaining, like, hey, man, I've tried everything. There is not one ticket around. So Boner kind of looks over at Mike, like, over his shoulder, like, hey, Mike, did you, or, no, he calls him Seaver, like, hey, Seaver, did you score the tickets? And Mike pulls out of his pocket the tickets. Why would you bring those to school with you, Mike? Anybody in the right mind, or wrong mind, excuse me, will probably jump his ass and steal the tickets. You leave that shit at home. I know you want to have proof for your buddies, but seriously, that, I would not have brought those to school with me. But of course, Mike wants to show off that he got tickets. And Boner and Eddie, of course, are probably going to argue like, oh, he's going to take me, he's going to take me. And, yeah. Mike's got orange juice in his locker. That has got to be so damn nasty. Unless he's got a cold pack in there, which I doubt. But he's got one of those giant plastic, um, Sunny D, Sunny Delight, big jugs of it in there. And right away, Eddie and Boner are arguing, like, oh, he's going to take me, because they're like, how many tickets you got? And... Mike's like, I just got one other ticket, and so Eddie and Boner are, like, kind of arguing, like, oh, he's gonna take me, he's gonna take me. It's like, no, he's not. And Mike's like, um, I can't take either of you, I am going with my... As he mutters, <laughs> and they're like, what? So I'm gonna play that clip. <laughs> Anybody in your dead meat. 
So this girl's name, Peggy Zielinski, gets brought up. Like, oh, are you going to take her to the concert? Boner makes a joke. Like, oh, have you heard about girls after a Springsteen concert? They turn into wild animals. Great. Um, so Mike's like, yeah, I know Peggy wants me and everything, but no, I'm not taking her. Turns out I'm going to move on further. And they're like, who? And Boner makes a joke. Like, oh, is that that foreign exchange student from Pakistan? It's and Mike's like, no, I'm going with my father. And right away, Eddie and Boner are cutting up, making jokes, just embarrassing Mike. Like, ew, you're going with your dad to a concert? Gross. And Mike is being, he's defensive. Like, yeah, I'm going with my dad. My dad's a great guy. And then Boner makes a joke like, oh, yeah, he's great. The one time I went over there, he was waxing the floor and humming Puff the Magic Dragon. And Mike is like, you guys breathe a word of any of this to anyone, and I will kill you both. Um, <laughs> and even Mike's like, just because you're a jerk that doesn't do anything with your dad doesn't mean there's anything wrong with doing something with mine. So, clearly, Eddie and Boner kind of have gotten into Mike's head a little bit. And Mike and Jason come out of the concert they are having a grand old time they are singing and of course somebody a news reporter apparently wants to uh interview concert goers <laughs> why has it ever been a thing where an, an, it's just there's not a lot of news going on so let's interview people coming out of a concert and ask them how it was but yeah mike is just going to get really embarrassed by his. Jason needs to tone it down with the lovey-dovey. Oh, I love this kid. I love him. I'm going to give him noogies on camera. I'm going to kiss his face. Like, chill. Your lovey-doveyness, Jace. Seriously. No 15-year-old wants to be kissed by his father on camera. That's just, no. reporter is kind of a she's dumb I don't like her she's intrusive she's asking questions like oh isn't it unusual for a father and son or a parent and child to go to a concert together we don't see that very often and it's just Jason's like no I love this is my best buddy right here and he's kissing Mike all over his face and everything and apparently this News broadcast is going out to all of Tri-State New York, so everybody and their cousin is going to see it, including Mike's friends. 
And she sticks the microphone in Mike's face. He is like a deer in headlights. He gets out of there. It's like, I can't, I can't do this. Zips out of there, runs one way, runs the other way. He's like trying to get out of there. And I noticed that Jason's got a couple of those, uh, posters that are, uh, wrapped up in, uh, cellophane or, uh, plastic wrap. So, uh, oh boy, uh, the aftermath of this. But before we get to that, apparently we got to go back to this B story with the mice traps. And Maggie comes down, Carol's on the couch, probably uh, working on her homework, reading a magazine or something. And Maggie's like, Carol, I was just up in the attic. And all the mice traps have been undone. As in, what did you do? And she's like, oh, Mom, no, I didn't do that. Like, bull crap, Carol. The cheese is gone and the traps have been sprung. Like, <sighs> So Maggie brings up a good point. She says, Carol, I have nothing against these mice, but my children's health comes first before these mice, okay? You have to realize that. And she's right. One of those kids gets bit by a mouse, which I don't think that mice will, like, come after you or anything like that, but... Seriously, the, or just in general, they, get, they have, they spread diseases. Carol, you got some serious issues you need to work out. And she throws down her magazine, leaps off the couch, and goes to head upstairs. She's like, where does it stop, Mom? First it's the mice, then it's the neighbor's dog, then maybe the mailman walks by and was whistling one day. Like, oh my god, Carol in your tirade, stop. Apparently Mike got a t-shirt too as he throws that down he walks in the door. He's not happy. So Jason also walks in the door and Maggie's like, what's with Mike? And Jason's like, well, how should I know? He didn't say one word to me on the way home. I guess apparently he thinks I embarrassed him as he puts those posters down on the end table and shoves a plastic wrapped t-shirt at Maggie. Like, here you go. I got you a t-shirt. So... Jason thinks Mike is overreacting. They got interviewed by a uh, TV reporter, and Jason, uh, I don't know, this is just, it's going to blow over eventually, Mike, he says. It's like, he thinks that I embarrassed him. I don't know what Mike is doing, whether he's slamming his door or knocking shit off his dresser, but he's making a bunch of fucking racket. As Jason is going around the living room and kind of turning off lamps because they're going to be heading upstairs for the night. So we're in school and Carol is coming up to Mike who's got sunglasses on, a jacket. He's trying to look... be incognito, I guess. He's got a hat on, he's got glasses on, he's trying to look, uh, like I said, invisible. And apparently Mike's been getting ragged on all damn day. As Carol's like, hey, how's my brother, the big super TV star? And he's like, well, you knock it off. Yeah, of course, uh, Eddie and Boner gotta get their digs in, too. Ugh, I hate them. How's my brother, the big TV star? Knock it off, Carol. I'm getting that all day. Hello, everybody. This is News Live New York. We're here with Mike and Jason Siebert, two really cool guys. Nancy would go with me to the movie Saturday. She know what I did? What? I asked my dad. <laughs> hey, Boner, you're a real funny guy. Hey, Mikey, listen. 
Maybe you and your dad could double with me and my dad some night. <laughs> Mikey, you can tell us. Did you get lucky or was that good night kiss all you got? <laughs> you guys are a lot funnier since you lobotomized. Whoa. What a family. The guy dates his dad and gets his little sister to stick up for him. You know, this could make the news, too. What a guy. We're buddies. Yow. I love this guy. Yow. Eddie is being a real fucking dick. The fact that he comes around and is saying stuff like, oh, you and your dad should double with my dad and me and we can go bowling. And then saying like, oh, did you get lucky last night or was that good night kiss all you got? And stuff like, oh, this guy dates his dad and now he's got his sister sticking up for him because Carol mentions like, oh, you guys seemed uh, a lot smarter before you had your lobotomies or a lot funnier before you had your lobotomies. And it's just... They're being real fucking assholes. I never really cared for Eddie. Boner, not nearly as much of an issue. But Eddie, I just flat out hate his ass. But this, I mean, and you're introducing them too. It's like these, I mean, yeah, friends cut up with each other. They joke, they make fun and shit. But it's like, fuck you both. You guys wish you had that kind of a relationship with your father. They're just fucking jealous in my mind. So Carol leaves, Boner and Eddie take off, and Mike puts one of those glasses, nose, mustache things on his face. Like he. <laughs> Mike, everyone fucking knows. You may as well just take that shit off your face and the hat and whatever, everything, because everyone knows there's no point in trying to hide anymore. Are you kidding me? As Mike walks away, we got this guy who looks like he's. Either a senior in high school or he is a substitute teacher or something who's talking to another man who looks like a professor of sorts who's going over some literature in the hallway. So back to plot B here with the mice. Carol's got a Save the Mice banner that she's hanging up. And it's kind of a cute, it's, it's got a heart with three mice around the heart on the corner of it. It's cute and everything, but I think he's going to extremes. So Ben's sitting at the table coloring and Carol's like, the mice need your help. And Ben's like, I'm just not that political. It's like, I don't want to fight this cause with you, Carol. Leave me alone. She's even made signs like you would if you were like on strike for something. And she's telling Ben all about trying to take a stand for something. So she ends up bribing Ben. She says, I'll give you a quarter. And he's like, a dollar. And she's like, I'll give you 50 cents. And he's like, all right, save the mice. Save. So he, she hands him one of those signs to carry around. Oh, my goodness. This plot kind of sucks. <laughs> I really, uh, I'm not for it. But then again, they had to have the other kids doing something. Otherwise, what would be the point? So Maggie and Jason come in. They got some stuff for the mice. It's a little house that will keep them in there and then the mice can be relocated outside somewhere. Well, they'll just get in the house again somewhere. Take them out to the forest. Let them go. They can forage and take care of themselves. <laughs>
then check out until you find him a more suitable environment. And that's not all. Jason, tell Carol what these lucky mice have won. Well, Maggie, in addition to having their lives spared, our furry little friends will be whisked away for a fun-filled, all-expense-paid two-week vacation to Disneyland! <laughs> yeah, where they will meet the big cheese himself. You guessed it, Mickey Mouse! Jason makes a joke about how the mice are going to go to the Disneyland to meet Mickey Mouse and everything, and Carol's like, well, does that mean we're going to Disneyland too? And Ben's got his arms through these things, and I'm kind of thinking, there's got to be some type of chemicals in those little made-up boxes, right? Or something to keep those mice in there, otherwise they just walk out the other side. And he's like, yay, we're going to Disneyland. No, you're not. Don't. No, no. No Disneyland for you. And they're saying Disneyland and not Disney World. Disney World is in Florida, which is a hell of a lot closer than Disneyland, which is in California. Come on, guys. So, Ben and Carol exit. Mike is kind of hanging... Or, Mike. <laughs> Jason is hanging around the entryway to the house from the kitchen by the greenhouse. He's like, hey, it's getting late. Do you know where Mike is? And Maggie makes a joke. Maggie makes a joke about how she'll look at the libraries and, like, the other areas where, of course, Mike would not be. So Jason, of course, doesn't think that Mike is making a big deal about this. The fact that he gave him the cold shoulder this morning. He wouldn't talk to him all last night or this morning. And now he's two hours late. Like, Mike, you are making... And, and Jason's like, why is he making a federal case out of this? It's a big... He is blowing it way the fuck out of proportion. Instead of avoiding your dad, explain to him how you felt and move on. I know that's not the Mike Stever way, but... Seriously. You going and avoiding your dad like this and giving him the cold shoulder over something as simple as, yes, he embarrassed you on TV? Yeah, I get it. But you eventually move the fuck on and deal with other shit. Like, Mike, think about it. Jason did not have to get those tickets for him at all. He could have said, I'm sorry, son. I don't know what to do other than say, I'm sorry, maybe next time. And think about it. Those damn tickets were expensive. I know that Jason's a psychiatrist. Maggie is a investigative reporter. But no, those are... Mike is ungrateful as hell. He really, really is. Mike, or Jason got him those tickets, and to have him act like that, oh, I would be, I'd be pissed as hell. And I really hope that Jason really lays into Mike, because that behavior is inexcusable. I don't give a shit if he was embarrassed by his dad anymore. You stay angry, eventually you blow, it blows over, you talk about it the next day. You don't let this linger, and you sure as hell don't come home two hours late. So, Maggie kind of pulls a Jason psychiatry move here. She puts her arm around his shoulder and says, Honey, I think at times like this we need to have a little perspective, and I'm sure it's all blown over. As Mike walks in the door with the hat and with the glasses-nose-mustache combo, Mike is wearing, this is really grody looking on him. He's wearing a really heavy 
uh, washed-out jean jacket that looks like something Carol would wear. And he's got this really gross button-up shirt that's got this, like, lime green flower print on it. It's really, like, I know I grew I was born in 82, all right? I probably didn't wear some of the best stuff either. But then again, by 89, it was only seven. But even still, uh, who, who's dressing these children? Carol and... And Ben, great. Carol had real, a, a nice light blue sweater on with some light blue matching barrettes in her hair. What the hell? Ugh. Where's the leather jacket? I want to see the leather jacket we talked about so much in this episode. I know we'll get to it eventually. So, Maggie's like, on the other hand, I'm no psychiatrist. I will let you deal with this, Jason. I'm going to go tuck in the mice, a.k.a. Ben and Carol. This is what time of day is this? I Is this after school and two hours after Mike should have been home, so it's past dinner time? I don't know. You did get your mother's notes. <laughs> okay, sorry, dumb joke. No, no, you're left right, Dad. Hey, Mike. I am sorry. Okay? I know you feel I embarrassed you, and I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. Great, Dad. Mike! I'm apologizing. Don't you think we should get this out in the open? What, you mean like on national television? <laughs> you know, I paid a lot of money for those tickets, and that was so you could go to the concert. And I think you're being a little self-absorbed about it. I'm being self-absorbed? Dad, you gave me noogies on the evening news. <laughs> well, some people's parents locked them in a closet for seven years. You got it real rough. Your father likes you. Yeah, gross, cooties. I was showing my feelings for you, Mike. We got feelings for Mom, too. You don't go showing them in front of the whole tri-state area. Dad... We just don't know. I mean, the guys at school... Oh, come on, Mike. What do you care what those guys say? It's easy for you to say. You don't... You just don't know what it's like. I mean, they laughed at me because I went with you. But I defended you. I said, my dad's a cool guy. And then what did you do? You, you slobber all over me on Newsline New York. <laughs> all right. Okay, Mike, I am sorry. <clears throat> Maybe we shouldn't have gone to the concert together. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. No, I mean, maybe you just should have taken a girl. Dad, you know, listen. Look. I'm taking a big risk by telling you this. <laughs> but I actually like doing stuff with you. I do. I mean, I was sitting there watching Springsteen with my dad. And a lot of other people's parents... Don't even know what a Springsteen is. And all through the concert, I was thinking, hey, you know, this is really great. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking pretty much the same thing. Well, maybe there's a way that we can both think that without letting the entire free world in on it. <laughs> well, I guess I did lose control a little. Okay, a lot. 
tension here to start out. Jason kind of makes a joke because Mike is wearing that hideous fake nose glasses mustache combo. He's like, oh, so you did get your mother's nose. And Mike's like, eh, real funny, Dad. So Jason also starts this out. Well, he actually apologizes and says, Mike, I am sorry. I didn't mean to embarrass you like that on TV. And... Mike, at first, really isn't having it. He clearly does not want to have this conversation with his dad. That definitely does need to be had. It needs to be said. And Jason's like, Mike, I'm apologizing to you. And I think you were blowing this way out of proportion. And Jason makes a... <clears throat> excuse me. This isn't a joke, of course. But he says, Mike, there are some parents out there who will lock their kid in a closet for seven years. You think you have it so rough. And he even says, and I, I figured, yeah, he probably would bring up the tickets. Like, I paid a lot of money for those tickets, and I wanted to go to the concert with you. And I know you think that's gross. Like, oh, your dad is, your dad likes you gross, cooties. Like, ugh. and Jason's like, you think you have it so rough. I mean, think. And yeah, Mike is blowing this way the hell out of proportion. Jason does even go so far as to say that Mike is being self-absorbed, which he is. I also notice I think Jason's wearing a members-only jacket. So, Jason's saying, you know, I have feelings for you, Mike. And Mike's like, yeah, you have feelings for Mom, too, but you don't go broadcasting it on live television. And then Mike starts in about how, Dad, you just don't know the guys at school. And Jason's like, what? Do you care what those kids think of you? Seriously. And it's almost like Mike's trying to say, Dad, you don't understand what it's like going through, you know, I'm a teenager now. The idea of hanging out with a parent just is not cool. It's all about his image, Mike's image here. And, you know, he seems he's a pretty popular guy at school. The idea that, you know, not just strange, you know, other classmates, but his friends, these guys that are supposed to be his friends are now making fun of him, which it fucking sucks, yeah. It'll blow over eventually, but... And Mike adds how before the concert he did defend him and say, hey, my dad's a cool guy, and then of course, what do you do? You go and may, uh, try to, you know, kiss me on the face and everything in front of the whole tri-state area. So now Jason's trying to turn it around, and I think he's trying to make Mike definitely feel guilty about what he's what he's feeling. It's like, you know, Mike, maybe we should not have gone to the concert together. Maybe you should have went with that girl or, or a friend or something. And Mike's like, no, Dad, you're not listening to me. I understand that Mike is trying to say, like, the affection that you show me openly and in public embarrasses me, and... I mean, Jason, I'm sure at one point in his life with his father was there, you know, at a point, teenagers don't want to be hugged and kissed in, in public and, you know, in front of their friends because, yes, it feels embarrassing. Like, 
I'm not a little kid anymore. Please don't do that. Any show of affection, please let's leave it inside the house. Which I can't, I honestly can't say that I was ever embarrassed. Well, now that I think about it, there were times when my dad would be goofy and embarrassing and it would embarrass me and I'd get irritated and stuff like that, but I don't think he'd openly, like, display affection to in front of, like, friends and in front of, in, in school and stuff like that. No, no, but, no, you know, I loved my dad. I loved spending time with him. And yes, you know, he could be goofy and always do John Wayne impressions or when he'd sing. I remember when I was younger <laughs> and I used to think my dad, like, Dad, you sing good. You should be on Star Search. And then as I got older, I'm like, Dad, you sound like a dying cow. So it's just inter it's, it's interesting how when you're a little kid, you think your dad and your mom are just, like, the best things ever in your life. And then as you get older, that changes a bit and then you feel more embarrassed to be able to like oh don't embarrass me don't hug me don't touch me in front of you know other people and stuff like that but then Mike's going to eventually get to the age probably in his 20s once he's an adult and realize like oh wow some of what dad was saying was actually true and I don't have a problem with shows of affection and whatnot. So it seems like it kind of flipped it on its head where Mike does admit, like, Dad, I actually do like doing things with you. And I remember, you know, when we were at the concert and just feeling like, wow, I'm here with my dad. And how cool that is. And that we can share this. And Jason's like, you know, it might surprise you, but I felt the same way when we were at the concert. Like, yeah, I'm here with my son and you were enjoying Springsteen's music together and everything like that. So they do, in the end, they patch stuff up as, <laughs> it's kind of funny how uh, Mike grabs Jason's hand and kind of pulls him and um, Jason kind of pulls Mike into his arms and Mike wraps his arm around Jason's neck and kind of gives him a nuggie. Like, oh, I love this guy. I love this guy. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. It's cute. It ended on a good note. So we get, okay, if an opening before a theme song is called a cold open, what is, like, the end where we have the end of the episode, but then it comes back with an extra scene? I'm not sure what that's, I'm going to look that up, but Mike is playing his stereo downstairs. We got four nameless guys that are just sitting there, one sitting on the coffee table, one's on the floor, one's on the couch, one's in the chair. They're all kind of listening to the music as Mike is doing his little air guitar and dance and saying, hey, this does not even compare to seeing the music live. We notice Eddie and Boner are nowhere to be seen because I think they need to figure out what kind of friends they are. Because I know friends do that. They cut up, they embarrass and stuff like that. But that was that immediately left a sour taste in my mouth. So Jason, of course, comes in like, hey, you think you kids could turn down that, uh, that, uh, well, never mind. As he comes in and he and Maggie are dancing in the kitchen. It's funny. So that is the end of the episode. I hope you guys liked it. Um, my leather jacket rating for the episode. Let's see. Um... I'm gonna give it an average 3 out of 
five. Um, the three things I liked, I liked Mike standing up for his dad, you know, before they went to the concert and just saying, you know, I'm going with my dad. My dad's a cool guy. You guys are jerks. Um, I liked, um, <laughs> um, I liked Jason and Mike's talk at the end. Um, the other thing I liked, let's see, um, I liked Ben. I, I liked Ben kind of haggling back and forth with Carol about, like, oh, I'll do, I'll hold that save the mice sign for, like, a buck, and then they go back and forth, 25 cents, a buck, 50 cents, deal. I just, I love Ben at this age. He's just, he's a sweetheart. And everything. The two things I did not did not like Eddie and Boner. And honestly, if I have to, I'm gonna be honest here. I I did not like Plot B. I did not like the Save the Mice. Carol kind of got on my nerves. It's like, come on. I know that you're all about Save the This, Save the That, but the mice really. Come on now. Come on. Um. Okay. As far as for the um what I got from the episode advice kind of thing I like to call it from the desk of Jason Seaver but that might change um it's kind of like what I've said throughout the episode guys you well I haven't really said this during the episode but honestly you get to an age your parents embarrass you and stuff like that they want to do stuff with you I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. Cherish the moments you have with your parents. Honestly, cherish them. They might embarrass you, but your parents are going to be there for you. And just really cherish those moments. Because, guys, you don't know how easy it is that you don't know when you could easily lose a parent. And it's just... I think back on the times of when, you know, my dad would embarrass me and everything like that. But my dad also gave me good advice. And I like that Jason does that for Mike. He, you know, he'll listen to him. He'll try to, his best to uh, <clears throat> reason with Mike, make him see reason and everything like that. But he does give his kids a little bit of leeway, too. But, like, but like over, overall for this episode, it's just the fact that Jason spent that money to send Mike to that concert and he wanted to do something good for his son and go with his son because he had seen Springsteen and everything like that. It's like, if your parent is willing, think about it. Those tickets, like I said, were expensive as hell. If your parent is willing to go out of their way to do this for you, be appreciative. I don't give a rat's crack if they kiss you all over your face and give you noogies and, and, and hug you and whatnot and everything in, in, in public. I don't care. And, and even Jesus said, Mike, you are being very ungrateful. But like I said, just, guys, be happy when your parents go out of their way to do stuff for you. Okay? Don't be a sad sack. Don't be a jerk about it. And... You know, like I said, treasure those moments with your parents. You're not going to get those moments back. You will not get those moments back. And honestly, don't have regrets later in life. Like, I wish I had been more this. I wish I had done this with my parent. And stuff like that. I know I'm being harsh, but... Mmm. 
I don't know. That, that That's just how I feel. Um, I am going to, I think I might start a segment, which I'll include a picture on um, Instagram and Facebook and stuff about kind of like, who had, who wore the worst outfit? I really, I kind of want to do that because I talked a lot about that, <laughs> that gross jacket and shirt that Mike was wearing. I did not like it. Ugh. Now I'm going to kind of jump around in season one a little bit. I'm not going to go, like I said, I'm not going to hit up every single episode. Maybe down the road once I've gone through the seasons and I'm like, hey, yeah, let's go back and like cover this episode I didn't get to. And so, like how I did with the Wonder Years, I kind of want to go that route. So the next episode I want to focus on is season one, episode five. I guess you could call this a Jason-centered episode. It's entitled Super Dad. This episode aired on... October 29th, 1985. Working mother Maggie begins to feel edged out of her children's lives and excluded from family affairs by none other than husband Jason. Well, now that Jason is being the stay-at-home dad while Maggie is out working, he is the one that has to face the children's problems and deal with them. So... Oh, here we go. Here's a little bit of trivia. I'll mention this when I cover this episode, too. Ben is imitating Billy Idol while watching television. He is listening to the rebel yell while wearing a single black glove. So Ben's wearing the glove? <laughs> um, this also is an episode I wanted to cover because it does have Olivia Diabo, who plays Wendy in this episode, but we all know her as Karen Arnold from The Wonder Years. So, yes, look forward to that episode, guys. Um, I've decided this is, in fact, going to be a weekly podcast. I'm going to try, you know, either do it either Tuesdays or Wednesdays because Thursdays and Fridays are just one of those days is my grocery days. I really, as much as I would like to commit to a certain day, that does not always work out. So, all right, I am going to now give a shout out to some listeners. What should I call you guys? Should I call you like Seaver Seaver Fever Seaver <laughs> fan? Something like that. Something fun. I don't know. I'll, I'll think of something. I'll think of something. But um, yeah, let me let me jump on that. All right, we got Preston Bur- <laughs> Prestonsburg, Kentucky, Winnipeg, Canada, Netherlands. Alameda. Guys, I'm sorry if I butcher these cities. California. Manitowoc, Wisconsin, Meridian, Idaho, Los Angeles, California, South Lake, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, St. Petersburg, Florida, Barcelona, Spain, West Bloomfield, Michigan, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Greensboro, North Carolina, Detroit, Michigan, Karachi, Pakistan, Puerto Rico, Templestowe, Australia, Hillsdale, Michigan, Woodenville, Wisconsin, Spain, Hurricane West Virginia, Columbia, Pine Castle, Florida, Durban, South Africa, Piscataway, New Jersey, Russian Federation, Clifton, New Jersey, Port Said, Egypt, India, Ambuse, France, Jackson, Tennessee, North Elmstead, Ohio, Pakistan, McDaniel, Maryland, Mexico, Massachusetts, Long Valley, New Jersey, Rossville, Georgia, Russian Federation, South Africa, uh, Cape Town, South Africa, Oakville, Canada, 
Santa, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Mexico City, Mexico, Tom, Chile, Brazil, Durham, North Carolina, Russian Federation, and Delafield, Wisconsin. Um, as I said earlier in the podcast, um, there are ways to connect to the podcast. You can go to Growing Pains Pod on Instagram. You can go to Facebook. Show me that smile again. A Growing Pains podcast. Also, if you want to watch along with me, you I believe if, as long as you are a Prime member for Amazon, you can watch the episodes for free. At least from what I've seen. So, um, yeah. As somebody did reach out to me, they said they wanted, were looking for a Growing Pains podcast to do a rewatch, which in a way is kind of what I'm doing, because I have seen the episodes. And as I, if you're familiar with my other podcasts, I watch the episodes and I comment along with them and kind of tell you what's going on and my feelings about it and stuff like that. So, and even with those shows that like Small Wonder, Silver Spoons, a lot of those are episodes I have not seen before. So a lot of the stuff you're getting from me is stuff that it's like, I don't know what's going to happen in an upcoming scene. So I'm like, let's see how this plays out together and stuff like that. Um... If you guys want to shoot me an email, a lot of my um, podcasts under the Wonder Years podcast, like Silver Smoons, Mr. Belvedere, American Dreams on the Occasion, Now Growing Pains, and Small Wonder, if you guys want to shoot me an email, I will link the Gmail account in the description. I'd love to hear from you guys on the shows, your memories, your thoughts, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, that's it. As I said, this is going to be a weekly podcast, so we will jump into Super Dad next week. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. I know it's only Tuesday. I know it's cold outside. At least it is here where I'm at. So, <laughs> I want spring. I definitely want spring. But, unfortunately, we got to get through what's left in January. Luckily, we are in the last full week of January. Next week, of course, will be in the last week. Cause of Jan- Which, honestly, I was telling my husband, I was telling my coworker, I'm like, it feels like we should already be in February right now. Why does it feel like the year is already going so slow? I mean, I don't want to wish the year away or anything like that, but still, it's like, I'm cold. But then again, if you guys have been listening to my other podcast for the last year or so, you'll hear me complain, it's so hot, I can't move. That's why I moved my podcast stuff downstairs, which I'll do in the summertime. Oh, Jeremy's on his break. <laughs> I love how in his little emojis, he's got a smiley face, a cat, a rabbit, and a hamster emoji, because... Emoji because I have a cat, Quinn, who you all probably familiar with. London, who's going to be <clears throat> three on February 1st. And little Liesl the hamster, who I'm not sure how old she is. Um, I checked with the pet store. I should have checked when I got her because I guess they'd say they usually are around three to six months old when they do get them. So, yeah. All right, guys. Look forward to being back with you again next week with a another Growing Pains episode and another Silver Spoons podcast episode. So, all right. Bye-bye.